So here we are. This is it. This is Christmas, right? It's this day that we have been anticipating for months and months. Since before Halloween, maybe August, some people since last Christmas ended. Uh, this is the big day. This is the service on Christmas where we gather together to honor God. And honor what Christmas means to us, the sending of His Son. And how can we adequately do that? How can we possibly uh, do that in a way that is fitting to him. I don't know the answer to that question fully, and I don't know if it has one. Um, but for today, I felt that God's, God asked me, uh, what, asking him, you know, what should I share about? What should I talk about on Christmas, on such an important day, such an important occasion? I felt like God wanted me to take us in maybe a little bit of a different way than I'm used to, at least. I've preached Christmas sermons many times the last few years, and, you know, they've They've been things that I would expect me to say. But today, I felt like God has uh, he's given me more of a different type of angle on this. And so I just want to ask you this question today. Have you found a place for your Christmas gift this year? And, you know, I'm not talking about the ordinary stuff. You know, the packages and the wrappings and the bows given to us by those who love us and those who like us, and those who just really owe us a gift this year. I'm talking about the gift, the gift, the one that really matters, not just now, but in all of life, the gift of Jesus Christ. Have you found a place for him this Christmas? But I want you to think before you answer that question to yourself, because it's not as simple a question as it may seem. If I were asking you, have you found a place for your toaster oven, or your 70 winter sweaters, or even that plate full of Christmas cookies that has mysteriously gone missing, I think you would instantly know the answer to that question. Not just the true answer, you'd also know the answer that I was expecting you to say. And so, you would be able to say to me, yes, I've already found a good place for my new toaster, for my Christmas stuff. Except for the cookies, I have no idea what happened to those. <laughs> but with Jesus, I think there's a little more caution that's advised. Because he's no ordinary gift. He's the gift of Christmas. He's the gift. John 3.16 may be the most quoted, the most memorized verse in the entire Bible. As it summarizes the gospel in just one sentence. It tells us that the good news that we have to celebrate on Christmas is that God loved the world so much that he gave is one and only Son. That whoever believes in Him doesn't have to perish, but will have eternal life. Jesus is God's gift. He's the clearest. He's the most personal. He's the most powerful way that God could show us His love for us. And through that gift, the person of Jesus, all good things are open to us. You know all of those wonderful things that we sing about and we talk about this time of year. We say the seasons about love and about joy, about peace, about hope. Well, those things don't just magically appear once a year when Christmas comes around. And they also don't really just disappear once Christmas is gone. They don't come from a holiday celebration, really, or a certain time of the year. The, the season doesn't actually hold any power to improve our lives. But Jesus Christ does. We can know the fullness of love if we know Him. We can know the depth of joy. We can know the solace of peace if we invite Him into our lives. And we will only know true hope 
if we know him. You know, God's gift is the source of all these things and more. The Bible tells us that he is life. That he offers us the opportunity to share his life for all of eternity. It describes him as life-giving food and drink to our souls that could be nourished in no other way. And it tells us that he brings grace. And that he brings mercy and forgiveness. Time after time after time. I promise you, you'll never find any of those things for sale on Black Friday. You will only find them in the gift that God gives us. That God gave us. And Jesus is no ordinary gift. And so I come back to my question then. With this extraordinary gift, we have this question for us that we will face year after year during the Christmas season. And really not just then, but throughout our lives. Have we found a place for our gift this year? Do we know where Jesus fits in our life? I mean, essentially... We can answer, we can look at this question another way. It's a question of identity. What kind of gift is Jesus, really? Because if we find great value in him, well, that will affect his place in our lives. If we see only an occasional need for Jesus, that will affect his place in our life, etc. All right? I mean, Christmas, some Christmas presents, they're fun to open, but by January, they're collecting dust on a shelf, right? Others, they're meaningful. But they're meaningful in a practical sense, and so we use them when we need them. And others are so meaningful, they actually change the relationship with the one who gave that gift. So how do we see God's gift to us? How do we understand who Jesus is? Our answer will make a difference. And maybe we'll identify with one of these three different ways. Some people see Jesus as an incidental gift, a present of small importance, a stocking stuffer, or an add-on gift, if you will. And so, accordingly, he's offered little place in their lives. I mean, they would live their lives pretty much the same with or without Jesus, with a few exceptions here or there. Now, if you've asked them if they've received God's gift, they would say yes every time. They might even tell you how much they like the gift. But it's still hard to match what they would say with how they would live their lives. Yes, Jesus Christ changed my life. No, you won't be able to tell you. Now, the good news, there is good news about this type of view on that gift. And the good news is this. Pretty much, no one really believes it. No one really believes, deep down in their heart of hearts, that the gift of Jesus Christ is just kind of nice. I mean, no one that I'm aware of has written a book to defend the idea that God loved the world so much that he gave them the equivalent of a stocking stuffer, an add-on, a little something extra. No one actually wants to stand up and claim, I believe in Jesus Christ, and I believe he's actually not that important. Because to do so is basically not to believe. That's the good news. Nobody really believes that, but the bad news is this. Although none of us would advocate being that way, believing that way, many of us fall into a pattern of living that way. We live in such a way that the gift is not important in our lives. Perhaps we've allowed it to be crowded out by the busyness of life. Perhaps we believe one thing and another way. Perhaps we're following the model of many others who have fallen into the same trap. 
but we know better. C.S. Lewis once said, and we use this quote in our Alpha courses, it's a remarkable quote, Christianity, he's talking about this gift of Jesus Christ, he says, if it's false, it's of no importance. If it's true, it's of infinite importance. The one thing it cannot be is moderately important. Think about it. God did not rip open the heavens and show the entire heavenly host praising him and glorifying him at the birth of his son for a gift of little significance. And so some people fall into a different category. They see Jesus Christ as a cherished treasure. And therefore they give him a place of honor. I mean, if you would look at their lives, you would find many places where you would see their practices line up with their beliefs. I mean, Jesus is not just an add-on in their lives. He's the most valued gift they could describe to you. And you could see that plainly if you looked in X, Y, and Z. I mean, they, they go to church regularly. They read their Bible three times a week. They pray before meals in bed. And they have a Christian fish symbol stuck on the back of their car. <laughs> you don't need to tell them Jesus is an important gift. They get it. Their lives will prove it more than most people's will. But, they've been Christians for 30 years. And they're still pretty much the same people they were 20 years ago. They took some time to figure out where to quote-unquote put their Christmas gift. And after they had it figured out, there it stayed. Like a priceless vase in a nice, lighted display cabinet. It may even get dusted, but it never gets used for anything different. And you know, I feel like too often that's what we're tempted to shoot for. You walk into somebody's house, they got a nice vase and a fancy display cabinet, and you're like, I want that. That's nice, it's good. It looks clean. It looks like you really value God's gift. And it provides a dependable answer for that question that we have to ask. Where does this gift belong? Where does it fit in our lives? Find a place of high honor and put it there. And to be honest, that's way better than we do for most of our gifts. It's a high standard, but it fails to realize that the gift of Christmas is not some really valuable thing. It's not like a new car. It's not like an expensive piece of jewelry or the latest technology. In fact, in one respect, we can also say that the gift of Christmas is not even love, joy, peace, hope. Because the gift of Christmas is a person, Jesus Christ. And to accept that gift is to enter into a relationship with the Son of God. Now that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? I mean, I wouldn't mind being in a relationship with the Savior of the world. That's pretty good. The Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, God with us. I like love and joy. Sign me up. But here's where things break down, I think. It's so easy to say, I like to be in a relationship with the Son of God. And instead, really be thinking, I would like my life to be filled with love and joy. That's like saying... I would really like to be friends with Bill Gates. But I'm really thinking, I'd really like to never pay for dinner again. <laughs> with Jesus, don't get me wrong, I mean, the experiences of love and joy and peace, these are all 
certainly a central part of that relationship. But Jesus has more in mind for us. A gift of Jesus Christ is more than a bunch of great experiences of love and joy. So here's the fine prince. Not that it's hidden, but it's the part that we don't concentrate on enough. Jesus, the gift of Jesus Christ, is after your heart. Amen. This gift has plans for you. His plans for our lives. Good plans. Great, awesome plans. But plans that will change us and stretch us. And really, that can be a little scary. I mean, think about it. Think about this. If you heard that your boss or one of your teachers had detailed plans about how they'd like you to change. And they were planning on implementing those plans. Let's just say, soon. You'd probably be a little nervous, right? You see, change is both a, a good word for us and a bad word for us. You can win an election by promising change, but you can lose one by asking your voters to change. We love people who have a desire to change the world. But we stay away from people who have a desire to change us. <laughs> anyone ever reads a book and tells you, this book changed my life? That's a good thing. It's a positive thing. We're happy for them. However, if they take it one step further and they tell you, I want you to read it too, so it will change your life too, maybe they've crossed the line. <laughs> Especially if it's a book about weight loss. No. <laughs> I will be the one who decides if I need to change. I will be the one who determines when and how I will change. Thank you very much. I'm afraid to do it any other way. But here's the point. The birth of Christ flies in the face of all of that. Yeah. God determined that this world needed a change. And God determined how that would be possible through the gift of the Son. The world in general, and you and me included, needed to know the love and the joy and the peace and the hope that Christ offers and in a way we never could through any other means. And so God provided a way for that to happen. God provided everything necessary for us to receive those gifts. And the cost to him was extremely high. Yet he did not, and he still does not, invade. The Bible pictures him as one who stands at the door of our hearts, knocking, waiting to be let in. We receive the life, we receive the love and the forgiveness and the grace and the hope that he's offered only when we allow Jesus Christ to have access to our lives. And there is no way to do that without change. Opening a door that has been shut before is change. Following God's wisdom instead of our own is a change. Adjusting our priorities is a change. And if we do that dangerous thing, of naming Jesus Christ as the Lord of our lives. That is the gateway to a lifetime of change. Now, I'm very aware 
that this holiday season leaves us so little time to actually stop and reflect. So I'd invite you to do that today in this little space, hard out on Christmas morning. What place have you found for Jesus Christ in all your Christmas plans, in all your Christmas activities? Better yet, what place have you found for Jesus Christ in your life? Is he an incidental gift in your life with little place to affect who you are, which you Or is he a cherished treasure with a place of honor, but one that's still primarily defined by you? Or have you invited him to be a third option, something more, your life-altering Lord? One with the freedom to have access to any place in your life he pleases.